TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Uninspiring win for the Las Vegas Raiders last night. Hey, welcome to the show, Maggie Gray, Andrew Perloff. It is Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, a win, but... I don't know, see how you really build a lot of momentum off of this. The Raiders are lucky. The schedule pretty light on paper coming up. But outside of Max Crosby, who was excellent last night, I just, I don't see how people are losing to the Raiders. I mean, the combination of, you know, Jimmy G is going to throw picks. He threw one last night. You know that the defense is not really going to be able to hold up on the back end against any, a good to mediumly good team. And, you know, Josh McDaniels is good for one or two baby bonehead, at the very least, very questionable coaching decisions per game. I don't know how they're going to win games. They're going to be stuck in this no-man land mm. of mediocrity. I don't know. They were favored last night. They're going to be favored next week against New England. They're fa- going to be favored against the Bears next week. That's Some... just a function of the schedule. But I'm saying they, they, they know how to win these close games. Jimmy G, I know it's ugly. It's always been ugly. But he always wins these kind of games where you're like, how did that just happen? Uh, I, I disagree a little bit on the defense, especially forget the back end. Max Crosby's just terrorizing you. Yep. You're going to win some games. There is veteran talent there. That's the that's the issue. That's why they can't go full tank. And I don't think Mark Davis is the type to do that. He doesn't seem like a patient owner in any sense. And Josh McDaniels is coaching for his life, so he's not going to tank. Uh, and I don't. By the way, I don't think he survives this. Yeah. But the truth is, the Raiders. You put the if you're going to run Josh Jacobs 25 times a game and you have a defensive star, you're going to find some wins, right? I don't know. I think this was more a function of Green Bay basically got a golden opportunity handed to them. And I know that they're a young offense, but you get the ball back with under two minutes left to go and one timeout at your own 42 because the Raiders kicker missed a a 52-yard field goal, and you can't score a touchdown there. Like, they should have won that game. I think most functional halfway functional offenses are able to go down and score a touchdown there. No. Yes. You that, telling me, first of all, that's not scored, too much they to They scored ask. 13 points in 59 minutes of football. And all of a sudden they're going to score a touchdown in a minute. Listen, Kenny Pickett just did it last week. And Kenny Pickett, is he that much better than Jordan love? There's an opportunity to go and drive down and win the game. And they had the opportunity. They didn't do it. The Raiders got lucky. One thing they, for the it, win. It's one thing to drive in a field goal range, but obviously the Raiders are going to protect the goal line. It's not that easy to score. You make it sound like, oh, of course they're going to score. First of all, there's no way that Packers team was scoring <laughs> in that situation. I said it was a golden opportunity. I you think said it was a, a golden good opportunity. offense does score there. Yeah, good offense, yes. I think, uh, you know, Justin Herbert scores there. Tua scores there. Jordan Love and that offense is not scoring there. So there were some numbers on it. There were a lot of numbers on Jordan Love being bad. Uh, Warren Sharp had this stat. Jordan Love on passes thrown over five yards, three of 11, three interceptions. 
But honestly, like, look at those passes. Does Christian Watson ever have an inch of separation from anyone covering him? Is Romeo Dobbs ever open? Is his young tight end developed in any way? Like, who is he throwing to? And the line, there's no David Bakhtiari there. I don't think the, I don't think the line held up. They really need Aaron Jones to bail out their young quarterback a lot. They didn't have that. I think the whole team is in disarray, and they're going to put it on Jordan Love, but I do think the Packers' problems run much, much deeper. Well, I'll agree with you there. It's not just Jordan Love, but no. you have a guy who's not a rookie. He's not. He might be young, but he's not a rookie. And, yes, they need to get him more help, no doubt about that, but you're supposed to have a, this offensive head coach that's going to be this great scheme guy, and he's going to be the one who's going to help out Jordan Love. Did I didn't anyone see any think- help. Did anyone think that Matt LaFleur was a great scheme guy? <laughs> I was told Have you he's ever an seen offensive that guru. Matt, oh, yeah, I know. But With Aaron Rodgers, maybe. Nobody trusts Matt LaFleur. The funny thing is everybody's going to look at it and say Aaron Rodgers was the key to that success. And he was. And it turns out he, <laughs> he was. Everyone was right about that. <laughs> That's one of those situations where we were all right. I just wonder where the Packers go from here. I really want to see Christian Watson develop as a receiver. He's got so much speed. He's yep. a big guy. He just seems to do the little things wrong to me, and he's young, too. Uh, like allow a five, guy who's five nine to intercept him in the end zone to seal the game. Like yeah, six four. Hey, Quay Walker things. got dinged up last night. He's their obviously their I think their defensive star. At, they have so many first round picks on defense too, and they're good. But they need to be like the Niners, where they're causing turnovers everywhere for them to win games. Yep. they have to really make a lot of plays here, which is a lot of pressure. Uh, we said Matt LaFleur, not really one of our favorites in terms of coaches. Josh McDaniels, what was the thing you read me earlier? Oh, next-gen stats. Next-gen stats, right? Yes. They're supposed, supposed to be neutral. Supposed to be just, just the facts with the next-gen stats. Okay. No, no, no editorializing here. And what did they say about Josh McDaniels, his decision okay. to kick a 52-yard field goal instead of going for it on a fourth and one? According to the NGS... Next Gen Sats decision guide. I'd like to read that. Josh McDaniels made the suboptimal call by kicking a field goal on fourth and two. It's funny, a lot of people calling it fourth and two. It looked like fourth and one from the Green Bay 34, up 17 13 with two minutes left. The model recommended go, go for it, by 7.7%. The most suboptimal call of the season. How could that be the most suboptimal <laughs> call of the season? There's never been a more <laughs> suboptimal call. Think about it. All those games that Brandon Staley is coaching, and this was the most suboptimal. So like, I, that's I, wild. I'll, I'll just offer a counter to next-gen stats. Daniel Carlson is insanely accurate from 50 yards, like all-time accurate. They didn't even factor that in. He is over 88% from over 50 yards over the last four years, 21 over 24. How is that possible? That's one of the most incredible stats. I thought I was reading it wrong. He is a killer at kicker okay missed two field goals last night one was tipped the other one he just missed last night well that's the one he missed the one we're talking yeah about. right i know he missed it it hit the cross it was shocking that was like missing an extra point the other thing josh jacobs last night he had 69 yards on 20 carries but 24 were on one carry he was averaging 2.4 on all his other carries he was not getting far okay there's a chance they hand the ball to him and he gets stuffed here's the thing but in this day and age of the nfl if he's short everyone can just come and push him from behind and push him through the pile no you not need... the tush push i'm saying you can just push a guy now you can't push a guy on a handoff though because <laughs> you can't get behind him because he's the he's the far back guy on the play i know but once he if he runs i feel like jimmy garoppolo could give him a shove i've seen a lot of fourth and one just get stuffed this year i feel like only the tush push is is a can't miss Oh, that's a lot. And even get tush pushing, then come on. Even 
tall quarterbacks screw up. Uh, didn't Josh Allen slip on a fourth and one last year? A key one. Justin Herbert missed one this year. Or no, actually, the Brandon Staley's missed a bunch of fourth and ones. It's not that easy, Maggie. You're, I th- feel like you're playing the result a little bit here. No, I'm not paying the result on that field goal that Next Gen Stat yeah, said you... was the worst decision they've ever seen in the history of football, give or take. Um, I'm not playing the results there because that would have given them a seven-point lead. Right. They were already up by four. So no matter what, Green Bay had to go and score a touchdown. So what's if because you, you miss, you're because if they did score a touchdown, position. you wouldn't lose the game in your you, home. You could have if they went for two. You're leaving yourself totally exposed there. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, but it, first of all, if if the Packers had scored a golf for two, they're not scoring on their two point conversion. <laughs> well, I would give that a fourteen percent chance. According to you, saw the game last night. The Packers did they scare you in any way? I would have gone a, a seven point lead against that Packers team is insurmountable. You won the game basically. Uh, it well, turns who out the Packers, true. they came back against who? The Saints? That was the big comeback in, in Lambeau earlier okay. this year. And After the, Carr got hurt, by the way. That was yeah. true. And they yeah. blew that lead. They were what were, they were a big on Atlanta. That's a game they should have won. That's a game the yeah. Packers are looking back on and said we should have won that game. But this, these were two bad teams last night, and that was really bad football, especially the first half. Rough. Very rough. So you're welcome to weigh in on the Raiders and the Packers. Uh, a win for the Raiders, but what does it really do? I mean, this is a team that's... Pretty much mediocre. I don't think they're a playoff team. Perloff thinks they could sneak in. 855-212-4CBS. Um, also some breaking news. Justin Jefferson is going on the IR Perloff. He suffered a hamstring injury against the Chiefs. And boy, they didn't really, they could have used him because that was a one-score game in the fourth quarter against Kansas City. He's going on IR. The Vikings are one and four. Talk about not going anywhere. Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his deal. They have no idea what's going to happen with quarterback next year. And that's tied into Justin Jefferson because he never signed a long-term extension with the Vikings before the season, partly because he didn't know who was going to be the quarterback. Yeah, this is not good. It's not a great situation. I think they have too much talent to tank because they still Cousins is going to throw for a lot of yards. Obviously, Alexander Madison took over running back. That's been a little disappointing. But they have the rookie, Jordan Addison. Yep. I think he blows up a little bit. I think fantasy owners around the league are trying to make sure they get in on K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison. And they have T.J. Hawkinson, who's a really good player. It's just been a little bit off this year, which is funny because it was a little bit on last <laughs> yeah. year. They won every close game. Uh, I think the interesting angle that we talked about earlier is can you trade Kirk Cousins? Yeah. And we keep on talking about the Jets. Is there any other team that would take Kirk Cousins? I don't know what the market is. But say there's an injury in the next three weeks. You know, here's the thing, though. The Jets have been so stubborn about Zach Wilson. And maybe that's because they've needed to put on this sort of, you know, front-facing, like, positivity. Because, you know, who do they bring in? Um, Trevor Simeon. Like, apparently they were not very interested in bringing in a Zach Wilson replacement. Now he just won a game. Granted, it's against Denver. Denver's defense might be the worst ever. Are they actually still going to be in the market for Cousins? It would it would make sense if they could do it. He's better than Zach Wilson. Maybe the Jets could be a playoff team. I don't know. What if you're the Niners and you say, I'll give a fifth-round pick to have Kirk Cousins as a backup? Oh, my God. With MVP Brock Purdy there? You can't you can't hurt Brock's feelings like that. Yeah, it'd be an emotional problem. You could do that. <laughs> but you know that, that we know how Niners quarterbacks get hurt. We know how much Shanahan loves Kirk Cousins. Okay. But here's the thing. Yeah. Kirk Cousins also, I believe, is a no trade. I think yeah. he has to well, he accept a trade there. to be a backup. In San Francisco? May, I mean, a winner no. Super Bowl, right? No, he wouldn't do that. Well, here's the thing. If you're a backup in San Francisco, and you're playing. 
No, but he's in a contract year. He doesn't want to be a backup. He wants to show how great he is so he can get another contract. He's playing. I mean, listen, it's either him or Sam Darnold. There's no way Brock Purdy lasts. It's just it's been a position that's always been doomed. I'm trying to find another home I for mean, him. I mean, here's the thing. If if Joe, I'm sorry, Pete. If Joe Burrow's injury had gone yep. south, then maybe that would have been a good spot, Pete. I have one. It could be something. Uh, this team needs a bold move on offense. Okay. It's Pittsburgh. Interesting. And while we're here blaming Matt Canada and the offensive coordinator, would the Pittsburgh Steelers bring in Kirk Cousins? No. Pickett just led that game-winning drive. When is the trade huh. deadline? It's week eight or week nine. Here, I don't think that's going to happen. They love Kenny Pickett. And I, I feel like a quarterback who throws for a lot of yards, they don't want that in Pittsburgh. That's not their thing <laughs> at all. Yeah. How about Staff- They actually like it just the way it is right now. I can't remember a game that I've watched where Matthew Stafford hasn't looked on the verge of a major injury. How about... I know, but they have Stetson Bennett as the backup. I, think, <laughs> I know. I think they... I mean, McVay loves Kirk Cousins. Stetson Bennett's not ready to play. And isn't Bennett hurt on and off, too? Actually, I have no idea. Um, Wait, but Dave's... again, why Why would Cousins want to go somewhere and be a backup? I'm assuming Stafford in the next three weeks gets hurt. I mean, watch watch a Rams game and tell me they're he's limping around all the time or his shoulder. So I think there could be an opportunity by week nine, I think, is a trade deadline. And if he can get into one of the Shanahan, McVay, there's about 10 teams that have that coaching system. Yep. Maybe then you trade, but I don't think the Jets because the Jets are, I don't know, they just that doesn't seem like a fit to me. They they don't need a statue back there. Well, I mean, it seemed like a fit a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Diesel. Uh, NFL trade deadline October thirty first. You were right, Andrew. After week eight. Yeah. So it's coming yeah. up. That just reminds me. I got to get my kids Halloween costume. Oh, I hate this time of year. <laughs> so much freaking pressure, and I always forget until the last minute. Sorry. Go ahead. What about, so what are the assets that they can trade? Daniil Hunter? Uh, I I don't know. But I, the NFL isn't like baseball where if you're bad, you get rid of everybody yeah. usually. But I do There's think. There's no lefty relievers out there that you can just unload. But as, if you're the GM of the Vikings, you're ready to unload? You're ready to move ahead? Definitely. I, got, I realize here I'm in a dogfight. If I'm going to try to really get this number one overall pick, which I would think, why not me? Uh, I'm in a dogfight with the Patriots. I'm in a dogfight with the Arizona Cardinals. I feel like those are the teams. I know the Carolina Panthers are bad, but they don't have their first-round pick. And I'm in a dogfight with the Bears. So I really got to commit to this thing. I got to play. Yeah. Who was the backup again in Minnesota? Uh, Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins. Step Ooh. on up, Nick. Nick we... can Nick can throw for a lot of yards. He's got a lot of cousins in him. Okay, but we <laughs> saw what he did with the 49ers, which yeah, was not he a lot. threw it all over the yard. He had like... 300 yards a game, but three picks a game. That's the problem. <laughs> He's got a very catchable ball by either the by defense <laughs> or the offense. Yeah. And you get Kirk Cousins on the bench, off the field. This is a bad Minnesota Vikings team. They lead the NFL in turnover differential at minus nine. They've, they've fumbled the ball eight times already. Yeah. Eight times. <laughs> this is a bad football team. Yes, every game they've played has been a one-possession game. Yeah. But, like, Kirk Cousins is putting up stats this season and is masking a lot of what's going wrong. But they have a lot. They're throwing to a lot of talented players. I mean, Addison looks good. Hawkinson's a really good tight end. They just paid him, right? Yeah, I mean. That's why, like, maybe you can get some first-round picks for Justin Jefferson. I know that if you look at Well, now you can't. I mean, he's hurt. Yeah, like, but if if you wanted to start selling off pieces, like, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Listen, Justin Jefferson, I probably trust that he'd come back from a hamstring. I don't think this is going to end his career. No, but I don't think you're going to have two first-round picks for a guy with a hurt hamstring midseason. What did Devontae Adams get traded for? A one, one and a two? 
No, I think it was it a one and two. I thought it was just a first. Was it just a first? And Tyree Kill. And then they had to pay him, obviously. I think Tyree Kill was also. I thought they were just a first. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong about that. All right, so maybe just a first. Yeah, I but mean, he's got a hurt hamstring. He doesn't have a torn ACL, as far as we know. I think maybe you do that in the off season then. Uh, but what, what's his contract situation? Well, Jordan Jefferson's looking for a new contract. Right. So I mean, so you do they have the first him? round pick and then pay him? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I would expect that in the offseason. It's just the NFL. That's not really a thing that happens all the time. Uh, No, but listen, unprecedented times. You, It's also not often that you go into a season with a quarterback on a lame duck deal. You know, they kind of set, set themselves up for this a little bit because they had cousins on the one-year deal, one-year deal. Like, they knew this was going to be a big oh, yeah. reset in the offseason. Yeah, they're rebuilding. And that happens. They're going to draft a quarterback. I think... Playing indoors in Minnesota and having Kevin O'Connell, they can get a guy at like 10 and still be good. They'll get Michael Penix and be awesome. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. So much more to do, including we're handing out some mulligans. Uh, Well, Perloff and I are getting some mulligans, I should say, on teams and their do-overs. If they could... What would they do over? We'll get to that. Include more of your phone calls as well. It is Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. All right. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. So I'm going to share our Super Bowl picks. Yeah. Reluctantly. (laughs) I have the Eagles and the Steelers, the all Pennsylvania Super Bowl. If I could have a mulligan, I would do not the Steelers. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Number one, and then I do the Niners in the NFC. I'm going to just tell you that right now. I've seen enough. Yep. The Niners are terrifying. They are so, so good, Maggie. And you have the Cowboys and the Jaguars. Yeah, I would also take out. The, I would also take out the Cowboys and put the 49ers in. Yeah. Uh, my bad. So that's just us making our silly Super Bowl picks. If you were an NFL team and I had the power to give you a mulligan this off season, yep. look around the league. Maggie, where would you want to grant a mulligan to help out a team? Uh, my first one would probably be getting a better receiver in Baltimore. 
Odell Beckham Jr., one year, $15 million. Seems like a lot, considering not a ton of production from Odell. He had DeAndre Hopkins was out there. Maybe you could have had Jacoby Myers might even been a little bit better as we're watching. He's been at least a very good number two to Devontae Adams. I think that's a mulligan I would like if I were the Baltimore Ravens. Did you know at the time? I, I, mean, I can't remember. He was coming off reaction. a two ACL. Yeah, this like, was so weird. And you know what? I'm going to say that, that that actual dynamic between Odell Beckham Jr. and Lamar Jackson cost him that game. Lamar said mm-hmm. afterwards, I wanted to give my guy a shot. I think he's friends oh, with Odell Beckham Jr. It. I think he forced it to Odell because Odell's such a big personality. And Odell could not win that one-on-one battle with Joe. It was a 50-50 ball, and Odell got thrown to the side. And then Joey Porter Jr. said, go be with your family, man. Yeah. How bad is that? Oh, that, so, was so, that trash talk is just, yeah. that burns. You know the mulligan for me that's really standing out is that Panthers trade in the offseason. Trade, trade up, up. For, for Bryce Young. And the part that really bothers me the most is they gave up DJ Moore, their number one wide receiver to Chicago, and they need a number one wide receiver. Now they're out there trying to trade for a number one <laughs> wide receiver. It doesn't make any sense. When that came across from our, our buddy Jordan Schultz, it was like breaking. The Panthers are looking for a number one wide receiver. It was like, no kidding. Of yeah. course you are. You just traded your best receiver away. What do you think was going to happen? All right, you go. Give me one more mulligan. Okay, I think my other mulligan is going to be, I don't like where this is going with the Broncos. And I know that it is very early still. And we're only, what are we, five games in? We're only five games in. But I don't love Sean Payton's attitude here and what he's done in five games. And obviously, Russell Wilson, that's going back two seasons for a mulligan. But this is the thing about Sean Payton. Let's not forget two very important things before he got this job in Denver. Number one, it wasn't like a slam dunk when he started interviewing for the job. Remember, like he went and interviewed in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It was never like love at first sight, which, okay, maybe that's but he was better. There, he was their first interview. It was their first. They were into him at first, for sure. But then he asked for a ton of money. But anyway, go ahead. Right. So it was not like perfect. I think maybe two sides might have talked themselves into this. And then the other part, don't forget. Do you remember that story about Sean Payton saying he if he was going to leave Fox and he was going to go be a coach, it had to be someplace where he could golf? He said he didn't want to go to a cold-weather place. Oh. I know Denver is obviously cold weather, but he wanted a place where he could golf. Like, guys, maybe we just read a little too much into Sean Payton wanting to actually come back and coach. Maybe it was a fact that he just couldn't either turn down the money, which is a lot, $100 million, a crazy life, or what is it, uh, $20 million a year? Basically, um, maybe not hundred million, but about twenty million a year. It's hard to say no to. I know the TV money is good for these guys, but it's not like that. I think this is a little bit of revisionist history. But Sean Payton was a, a hot item this off season. Also, Denver's a sneaky great uh, golf town because right. the snow goes away really fast. I was thinking players that. love high Denver. altitude. Your ball can just yeah. sail. So it'll snow one day and be sunny the next. Okay. I kind of disagree because I'm hoping it's a 10-year plan for Sean Payton, and it's not just about this year. I'll give you one more mulligan. This I'm stealing from somebody, a friend of ours. Shereen Williams, ProFootballTalk.com, tweeted yeah. this, and this is the ultimate mulligan, and it's not this offseason. The Cowboys giving away Amari Cooper last offseason was the dumbest move in the NFL, and I think the reason we saw them stuck in mud in offense the last, and really for two years, is because there is no other option besides CeeDee Lamb. If they had Amari Cooper, this whole thing would look much differently. I think the defense matured to a Super Bowl defense, and the offense took a regression yeah. the last two seasons because there's no second weapon there. I think that is the big mulligan. I know I cheated because it's not last offseason. No, it's fine. It's just funny because there's a couple people to blame there. It's actually blaming then Jerry Jones in the front time. office because they were paying Amari Cooper that much money. 
and then all of a sudden they were running into salary cap issues. Now let's let's turn this forward a little bit yeah. here on the Cowboys. Something that I don't think many people are talking about with the fact they're coming off a really bad performance, especially the offense. The offense looked terrible against San Francisco. The defense for the 49ers just stifled everything that yeah. they want to do on offense. You know, Dak Prescott never got a contract extension this offseason. Yeah. They kept saying, contract, it's coming. Don't worry about it, Jerry. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Meanwhile, it never did. And I think we've all seen that there is a ceiling here with Prescott. He's got one really good playoff win. It was a good one against a Tampa Bay team that barely made it to the playoffs. But granted, can't take that away from him. They went to Tampa and they rocked that team. That's it. Yeah. You ever going to get over the hump against the 49ers here? Is Dak ever going to be able to do this? The fact that he never got a contract extension, that's something to keep an eye on if he keeps playing poorly in big games. Yeah, but they're going to be they're going to win 11, 12 games. So then then tell me that they're going to move on. Well, I don't know because they traded for Trey Lance. Now, I don't think that Trey Lance is actually anywhere close <laughs> to being ready or a thing yet, but I don't know. I, I think this is this is something to keep an eye on. I think we're overreacting to the Niners' loss. I think the Cowboys are about to go on a little run here. Uh, they have a lot of winnable games. Even They, they could even trip up a couple times. They're going to beat up the Giants of the world. Okay, and what do you always commander. say? Doesn't matter until we see what happens in the playoffs. No, I... But and if this, I is, always say this that. is looking like another one-and-done, potentially, for the Cowboys. 100%, but that doesn't mean he's going to move on from Dak Prescott. But you know, gonna, Jerry. You're going to sink another $50 million into Dak? 50 yes. a year? I'm sorry, not 50. 50 a year or something like if that? They, if they win 11, 12 games, yes. I think McCarthy's in more trouble if, if that scenario that we expect to play out plays out where they lose in the playoffs. Then I think they're going to look at McCarthy before Dak. But you're right. If they're the 24th pick, the you know you do have the actual issue of where do I get a quarterback? No, you definitely do. But I think that's where maybe they put Lance there to, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if Lance is ever going to be a thing. Yeah, I no I, idea. that's funny. I didn't see the Lance move as a as a hedge against Dak because I don't think anyone's really buying that because we haven't seen anything. Well, listen, and Trey Lance couldn't, couldn't beat out Sam Darnold as a yeah. backup. So obviously and he's, he's not, not beating that great. out Cooper Rush either. Cooper Rush got in the game in the blowout. Yep. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's something there. And I, I don't have a great answer for you about what the Cowboys would do about this. I don't think bringing Cousins doesn't do anything, nothing like that. But I don't have a good answer for you. I just know I'm asking the question. I got to tell you, I revisit in five weeks. I've been watching the Cowboys schedule. Just get, let him get against the Giants and throw for four touchdowns. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Assuming though. his finger is okay, he's about to put up some numbers. Okay, but if he can't score 20 points against the 49ers in a Wait, meaningful I, no, game, no, 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 then... I, you are making a big mistake if you're judging a quarterback against the 49ers. It's, it's just, That's who Jerry's judging him against. Jerry's saying he's that He's not we, really. He's just talking. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Every time I say something like, oh, Jerry said this, Perloff just blames Jerry's... Uh, Jerry, you know, Jer- if you say 50,000 words a week, you're going <laughs> bound to say everything at some point. Yeah, he was trying to present this game as a showcase game, but, you know, Jerry, he'll present next week's game against the Chargers as a showcase game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Perloff, every time I say something about Jerry Jones, it's like, well, he's senile. Like, no, well, no, no. that can't be the I don't think he's senile. Right? No, I just think Jerry, I mean, you, if you're going to try and take everything that Jerry says as gospel, you're going to run into trouble because... Yeah. I think this one he actually meant. I think he want. I think he was expecting the Cowboys to play well and thought, oh, this will quiet some of the conversation. Like we're actually on no, the same no. level as they, the 49ers, and they're they, not. They beat the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Jerry's doing a victory lap like you've never seen, as if the Niners never happened. Eight five five.
855-212-4CBS. Andrew Bogush is here with some headlines. Good morning. Good morning again. The NFL trade deadline is October 31st. He's got a no trade clause, but expect Kirk Cousins trade rumors to start whipping around now. His Vikings one and four. And Justin Jefferson is now expected to go on IR with Sunday's right hamstring injury. That means he'll miss at least their next four games. That's the Bears, Niners, Packers, and Falcons. Cowboys linebacker Leighton Vander Esch suffered another neck injury in Sunday night's loss to the Niners. Mike McCarthy said yesterday the IR is possible. And Dolphins running back Devon Achan being evaluated for a knee injury. Mike McDaniel would not say when Achan got hurt during the Giants game or if he needed an MRI. Jimmy Garoppolo back from his concussion, looking handsome, throwing his seventh pick of the season. (laughs) But Packers QB, Jordan Love threw three of them, including one in the end zone with 44 seconds left, sealing a 17-13 Raider win in Vegas. 3-2 pitch. And he hits a high fly ball, deep left field, back to the wall, and is gone! (laughs) Austin Riley hitting him where it hurts! And the Braves take the lead in the eighth. As Ben Ingram, Braves Radio Atlanta had been down 4 nothing, 12 outs from a 2-0 series hole, but Riley put them ahead with that two-run shot bottom eight. I was just trying to put a barrel on the ball. That's all, that's all it was. You know, it's definitely up there, you know, with my top top ones. And I think, like I said, for me, it's the crowd that does it. I mean, yeah. Okay, whatever. Sorry. Uh, no, I was just thinking where you learned from Perloff yesterday that he would want to be the color analyst who just goes, oh, ho, ho. Hey, hey, you had a good one on that home run call. Whoever was doing the color there just chimed in with a perfectly placed whoa-hoo-hoo. <laughs> I was like, Perloff, that's your dream job besides yeah, yeah. this one. N- not to be able to say words, but just to make the run to the <laughs> oh, oh, there he goes. And scream. Yeah, I would definitely be a totally biased color man. Uh, Riley, after the offense, played part in the historic defensive end to the game last night. He took Michael Harris's errant throw in after his jumping catch in right center and doubled off Bryce Harper at first for the 5-4 Braves win. That's a split of their first two games in Atlanta. The Diamondbacks, meanwhile, going home with a 2-0 lead after a 4-2 win at Dodger Stadium. Rookie Corbin Carroll was on base four times. He scored in his team's three-run first. I'm definitely looking forward to kind of the energy um, that the fans are going to bring. Uh, you know, it's, been, it's been a pretty long time since playing baseball in Arizona, so getting a plan for them is going to be special. I believe the Diamondbacks lost their last four or five regular season games, and now they're four for four in the postseason, including this 2-0 lead Which on is the funny. Dodgers. Perloff and I actually were uh, had a cool opportunity at the Super Bowl last year to throw a party in Arizona for friends. Oh, and our right. friend Jim Sias put this together. It was awesome. And uh, it was great. And it was at the stadium. And we got to go out, like, on these decks where you could overlook the Diamondback Stadium. It's like, eh, I wonder, like, pitchers and catchers, you know, report in a couple days. I wonder what kind of season the Diamondbacks are going to have. Like, eh, let's just get another drink. <laughs> Meanwhile, here they are about to go to the NLCS. I think we count as Diamondback fans now. We need... You would count that. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, drink yeah. alcohol I, in your I stadium. I need a hedge in case the Phillies lose. I need to jump on another bandwagon, so I'm going to take the Diamondbacks. Right. So, <laughs> as you say... The Phillies are okay. You say that 18 times to calm yourself down, and you've already picked the team you're going to root for after they lose, but they're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's just a, an emotional hedge here. I do think the Braves, uh, Max Reed definitely has some issues here. And yeah. I, I think the Braves, unfortunately, woke up from their rust. They get rusty every year because they have to wait. So I love they did this simulation game. Yeah. 
and it didn't work at all. They basically just woke up in about the sixth inning last night, which does scare me a little bit. But I'm I'm into this Phillies team. I, I think that they have a lot of heart. They've been playing really well. I'm not giving up. But if they do, then the <laughs> Diamondbacks are my new favorite team. This is the simulation, guys. I feel like Jim Leland made that a thing. Remember with the Tigers? They had to wait around and wait around yeah. for... That was, that was before the World Series, I think. Yeah. They were waiting on the Cardinals. The Cardinals, yep. Didn't work. Uh, before we leave baseball, Rays manager Kevin Cash says he's good where he is amid rumors of replacing Terry Francona with the Guardians. Cash played for Francona in Boston and was on his Cleveland staff before taking the Tampa job. Victor Webb and Yama, 20 points, five boards, 19 minutes in his preseason debut. His Spurs losing in Oklahoma City, 122-121. When bust Yama? And the- Why would they play him in the preseason? you got a guy who's got a body that we've never seen before. Chef Holmgren last year is kind of a similar body. He get hurt. He got hurt and missed the entire season. Does he have to play in the preseason? Just throw him out there during a regular season I don't know. I actually, I would give him a little warm-up. What's a, you know, you definitely don't want him to come out there with no experience whatsoever. Well, he's been playing in the French League for a while. Like, you know, you might, you might only get a certain amount of miles out of that body his rookie year. And I think... Holmgren, too, they only played mostly in the first half with the regular guys. They yeah. were not out there with the dudes who were just hanging on for training camp who might do something stupid, and that's where you twist an ankle right. or <laughs> fall over somebody or whatever. So, Bogus, you know about the bet, the Wembenyama bet? Yeah, I've already offered to drive with you to yeah. Antonio. So, are you going to do a regular update during the season of what Wemby does every night? Because I'm, I'm actually following yeah. that more than any other NBA storyline. I'm dying to know how this guy does. A daily NBA Giamma? rookie report? Yeah, I think I, I'm so confident in Scoot Henderson. I have no fear at all that I'm going to have to drive to San Antonio. And I might be disappointed if I don't end up driving to San Antonio. And what about Chet Holmgren? He still counts, right? He's a rookie. Yeah, I saw that in the odds. Does anyone think Chet Holmgren's going to win the rookie of the year? How could, There's so much talent. Oh, here. this is that Ben Simmons thing. Didn't he do this where he yeah. missed the whole first season and won rookie and of the year? And Embiid, too, right? But yeah. uh, I don't know if Embiid won. He was in his third year, and that was brought up, like, can we give it to Embiid? But Chet Holmgren, the, the Thunder, he's not going to be one of their go-to guys. I think Wembenyama and Scoot are going head-to-head. I got Scoot. Uh, and the University of Washington has asked to join Washington State and Oregon State's lawsuit against the Pac-12, not because the Huskies agree with them, but because being part of the suit would allow them to file a motion to dismiss it. The Cougars and Beavers went to court to keep the departing Pac-12 schools from meeting and making decisions about the league's future when they weren't going to be there for those decisions to actually take place. How, huh? how sneaky is this? They're going to—they're trying to get in, and then as a plaintiff, they can go. We want never mind. We want to back out and go oh, home. That's just diabolical. Yeah. Oh, let right. people let let Washington State and Oregon State sue whoever they want to sue. This is America. That's kind of underhanded college tactics here. Is this part of the Washington Washington State rivalry? That's just like, <laughs> it is one that last Apple gig in there. Really got Get the lawyers are into well. yeah. This I mean I generally don't like to, to follow litigation like this, but that could get spicy. Get the fan bases involved, right? I mean, they're going to court, and they're the only ones that can do it because the the, uh, the suit was filed in Washington. So the other departing Pac-12 schools have no legal standing to get in, but they can because it's in their state. So they're trying to get in to kill the whole thing. And I've, we know about it as they're doing it. It's not on, it's not on the sly or anything. I do I, not like that. I feel so ignorant. It, have the two teams picked a conference yet? Oregon State and no Washington? No one has asked no. them to go anywhere. It's the Tupac, remember? Yeah. Is the it Pac still the Tupac? The Tupac, yeah. 
Are they just going to float next year? Well, we thought they could have a hologram of Tupac to come out and be their commissioner. <laughs> I mean, you could really get some good marketing opportunities off of this. It's going to be eventually the Big 12? Is that what people think or no? No, I I think what happens is they absorb the Mountain West. Oh, Mountain West, right, right. right. They take it, the branding of the Pac-12. Right, and, and keep the seat in the CFP. If they were to go to the Mountain West and the Pac-12 disappears, they lose all the Pac-12 bonuses. So it would make sense to suck the Mountain West in, make a new Pac-12 and then keep their seat over the sure, tables. How do you know they would keep the seat? Well, the at least from the writing of the CFP, it's the seat is for the Pac-12, wow. not the Mountain West. That is sneaky and interesting. <laughs> but then does the Mountain West want to disappear? You know, I'm just actually surprised that we got through that whole thing and Perloff didn't tell everybody that he was once a paralegal. Perloff thinks that he's the second coming of Johnny Cochran because he spent a summer filing, you know, something as a paralegal. Yeah. Well, let's you see bogus say plaintiff and throwing out legal terms. That's like that's like pillow talk to me. I'm so into it. (laughs) Former paralegal, either that or hot tubs in Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. Well, everyone's into that, (laughs) especially Brock Purdy's parents. But I, I do think a lot of people are into conference realignment. The second you say, "Oh, this team is going to a new conference," everybody's ear perks up. Uh, My eyes roll. Like, oh, great, another money grab that we got to sit through. Really? But aren't you just curious competitively how all these teams are going to do in the new conferences? I'm fascinated by that. Well, I mean, by the looks of the Red River rivalry, I think they're going to be just fine in the SEC. That's the big one. Ooh, I don't know. That is just because they beat Alabama, you're saying? No, I think that you watched those two teams play against each other. It wasn't perfect, but I I thought Texas and Oklahoma both looked pretty darn good. I'm old enough to remember when Nebraska went to the Big Ten. I'm telling you, get into that regular SEC schedule, and we will see. I am not convinced that's going to work. Bogues, anything else? Y'all no, good? I'm good for now. Fantastic. 855-212-4CBS, uh, 855-212-4227. See you guys on the phones. We'll get to you talking about Dak Prescott. The fact that he does not have a contract extension, and that did not get done with the Cowboys. More stinkers like what he threw up against the 49ers. Could it mean the end of the Dak Prescott era? A little sooner than we thought. Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. Okay, so we may have a Dak Prescott problem on our hands after last weekend's loss to the Niners. Three interceptions, another bad game. Maggie brought up a great point. They did not sign that contract extension we talked about this summer. So there's an out after this year. It's a ton of dead cap money, but it's kind of like bite the bullet. So I got some names. And maybe you're going to want to hold on to Dak after I throw these veterans at you. Assuming that they don't get a high draft pick, which is probably what's going to happen, and they have a good team, so they want a veteran in there. Okay. Matthew Stafford. The Rams might want to rebuild. How about Dallas native, Hillcrest High? No, Highland Park High. Okay. Matthew Stafford. Uh, What's the state of his spine? Uh, when I'm trading, when I'm doing this, well, he's only if he was perfectly healthy. I, I don't, and the Rams were really good. I don't think he'd be available, right? So I think you're going to take a flyer on him. Yeah, he might be a little expensive for me, though. I think Matthew Stafford's still making a ton of money. I uh, might have to pass on that. Okay. Okay. How about Russ Wilson? A huge, huge, huge contract. Contract, but they would be giving away. Well, now you're making me think. See, I. I now I I'd rather stop go, and really I might think go about Stafford this. because the Wilson contract is enormous. Wilson, <laughs> yeah, that is spicy. Uh, uh, and Mike McCarthy saved Russell Wilson. Okay, I got McCarthy one. still there in this scenario. Uh, I guess so. Okay, uh, I Mike, don't know. Mike McCarthy. McCarthy saving Russell Wilson. That's I, that really where you want to go. Right. But then again, yes. Two more. 
Kirk Cousins. You cannot go from Dak Prescott to Kirk Cousins. No, no, no. It's a lateral move. It's a Spider-Man meme. Two yeah. Spider-Mans yeah. looking at each other. Yeah, I, okay. I can't do it. Uh, one that I think is actually would be realistic, another Texas native, ironically, Ryan Tannehill. I think Tannehill's on the very verge of being done. Yeah. We so, were talking about Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get into TV one day. Ryan Tannehill is going to be putting on a blazer right next to him. So there's no reason. That's why I think Dak has does have a chance to stay, even if they don't have success, because it might be a no better option next year. No, the no better option. The Russell Wilson thing is interesting. Uh, 855-212-4CBS. Mike is in Pennsylvania. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. How are you all? Doing great. What's going on at 105.5 this morning? <laughs> well, uh, I'm glad that you guys got your show on in the mornings. Uh, every day at work, I can listen to you guys, and uh, I really enjoyed listening to you. I, I listened to you in the evenings, too, when you guys had your show. But um, Thank you. We're now 10% spicier because we're in the morning. <laughs> there you go. So, uh, And not to mention Pearl Off 8, uh, Cincinnati Chili, which I, I live up around that area. I work down here. So, um, yeah. Um, I'm glad to hear that, too, that he got into the Cincinnati chili. Oh, too. by the way, the, the, I'm still finding the oils from that chili in weird places, <laughs> oh, Mike, no. just so you know. <laughs> when you say got into the chili, that's a great way to put it, Mike. You have a future in broadcasting because Perloff stuck his face into the bowl and had to eat it without any hands. Yeah. No utensils. So great description there. Uh, as far as the Dak Prescott goes, I know you guys have other callers, but – uh, I, I think this is uh, – he's in his last, you know, run here with the Cowboys. Um, I am a Cowboy fan, and I, I'm watching this, and, and we've seen him through the big games, and we see how he is. And he looked nervous in, uh, in some tough situations. He didn't look as cool as some of the other quarterbacks. He's had this problem that's been ongoing. Uh, I agree with Meg. I think there is – going to be some changes, and he's really going to have to show out the rest of the way. Mike, uh, how about this? Forward. Can you imagine also, and I imagine as a Cowboys fan, you had to be livid about it, and thank you so much for the call. Dak Prescott after the game, never saw it coming. That was his quote. Never saw it coming. You didn't see the 49ers defense coming? He didn't see a 42-10 loss coming. Okay, but I... I think that's kind of what you want to hear. If he come out and said, you know, I kind of had a feeling he might get blown out 42-10. <laughs> you know, around I'm Wednesday, not going to kill him for that. I looked around at everybody and thought, we don't have a prayer. And um, when... You know, one thing Mike says he doesn't get up for the big games, the games that he hasn't gotten up for are specifically two games against the 49ers, yeah, but which is of, partly a function of the 49ers. Okay, and give the 49ers all their flowers, but until he actually put together that good game against the Bucks, it wasn't just, oh, you know, it's against the 49ers. It was Dak can't win a playoff game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But the Cowboys as a franchise can't win a playoff game. By the way, Jalen Hurts in the NFC title game threw for 120 yards against that Niners defense. That Niners defense yeah. is ridiculous. Do you want to know why? He didn't have to throw for anything but, because they didn't have a quarterback on the other side. If that was actually a real game, who knows what would have happened. Yeah, but he— 49ers probably would have won. Maybe, yeah. Hurts, well, no, because I think the Eagles would have run it at them. and that, that's. I think you have to neutralize the 49ers with a strong run game, and the Cowboys definitely don't have that either. That is true. Frank is in PA. He's listening on 1260 AM. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Frank. Hey, hey uh, I think uh, you guys have got to, you know, let up on the Cowboys. Uh, no. We're getting tired of hearing about the Cowboys almost every hour from you. <laughs> Wait a oh. minute, Frank. Oh, this is you want to produce the show? No, you mean, uh, no I, I thought you meant let up like. The show, but 
Dak Prescott is a bum. If you put him on any other team, he would be terrible, worse than he is. And I don't think. Well, Frank, we can't Dallas let Perloff a, get away with all of his Eagles talk, you know? Yeah, I know, but I just don't feel Dallas is the American team anymore. Well, I'll agree with you on that. Teams. I think you're right about that, Frank, and you've led us into yet another conversation about the Cowboys, so thank you for that. I think he's right about them not being as much America's team as they used to be because Mm. when you're winning in the 70s and then in the 90s, you get like two generations there. You get the parents and then you get the kids. They haven't really been winning now. So if you were a Cowboy fan and you were a fan in the 90s because your dad or mom was, now you have kids. Are they necessarily Cowboys fans just because you were? I don't think so. Uh, so who is driving all the Cowboys TV ratings? You the older I? people? I don't know. <laughs> uh, I do think, I, I just think that all the attention they've gotten, probably because they used to be America's team, yeah. has sort of kept their popularity up. I mean, the numbers are undeniable. Yeah. You put a Cowboys game on, everybody is watching. And they've been good enough to stay uh, in that conversation, but who's the replacement? Who would be America's team? The Chiefs, I don't think, are quite America's team. Uh, I think the Chiefs probably have a good, especially now with the Swifties on board. I mean, you're bringing in a whole new demographic. You know, they I have see, a possibility to be the new America's team. I don't sense the Chiefs being that nationally popular. Like for some reason, they, yeah, I, Mahomes they, and Kelsey even them, a million commercials. They're definitely not the most popular team. It's definitely the Cowboys. I, I still think say, it's the Cowboys. The yeah. Steelers, I always said you could climb out Everest. There'd be a terrible towel at the top. Um, yeah, I feel like, and I, I don't have anybody. I feel, still feel like the Cowboys are way, way ahead of everybody else. <laughs> that was Jerry Jones, sorry. But what? again, like they haven't been able to rely on the success. That's what really built them into America. But that team. was that was a long time ago. I know. 30 years ago, and they're still very popular. So maybe they, they don't need that success anymore. Because we've had a whole generation since they won that last Super Bowl in 95. And this is why I always say that I think that Jerry Jones tricking people into thinking that winning is the most important thing to him is not actually true. Jerry Jones just wants the Cowboys to be relevant and interesting and still be America's team. He's already gotten into the Hall of Fame. Mm. His franchise is worth a jillion billion dollars, almost as much as the Yankees. I don't think he cares about winning. He's already won. He's won because he has our attention and he got into the Hall of Fame. What do you, what do you win when you're 80 years old and you have $50 billion in the bank? What, what good does that do? The last thing is nothing. He just needs to stick it to Jimmy Johnson a couple more times. He, he That's des- all he's got. He desperately wants to walk in that owner's room with a ring, probably more than any other owner in the league. Coming up, the most disappointing college football team this season. We got that, plus more reaction to the Raiders' win over the Packers last night. Don't move. Maggie and Perloff on CBS Sports Radio. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T Mobile.com.